0: Yo, welcome back, energy fam, to the next episode of Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour, here with your host, Chris Storey. Now, a few things to touch base on before we can kick today's episode off. The first is my massive thank you to each and every one of you. You, right there that sat there listening to this on the way to work, sat there on the bus, sat there in the car, or maybe you're listening to it while you're working out, but you, thank you, For giving me some of your time to listen to what I've got to say. For allowing me to get into your head, plant some seeds and open up your third eye so that you can see your true potential. You can live your hero's journey and you can get the fuck out of this matrix along with everyone else that's listening to this. So yeah, a massive thank you guys. Your feedback is so critical to me. It's what's going to allow me to improve this podcast to make it as enjoyable and as beneficial for you as I can. I want to be able to get on the best guests. I want to be able to get on the guests that align with my own philosophy and ex- and really sort of, uh, I guess, are experts within fields of which I want you to become aware of, at the very least. And at the same time, I want you to be able to suggest guests to me. People that you like, who you think would be good for being able to have a good discussion with. So yeah, I appreciate the feedback. So let me know. Let me know what's up. Let me know what's going on in your brain after you listen to my voice for the next hour. Drop me a message on Instagram, at Prime UK. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, then hey, just drop me a review. Let me know. Drop me five stars. Maybe you know, maybe you don't want to give me five stars. I mean, whatever you can, just give me something. Any feedback is better than none. So please, give me the heads up. Let me know what can be done. And as always, guys, I always give you something in return for sharing your time with me, which is the exclusive ten percent discount code for PrimeAlchemy.co.uk. That's going to be the code Red Pill. That's the code Red Pill. That when used at checkout, you'll get ten percent off anything within your shopping basket. Now if you're brand new to the Primal Alchemy brand, this is the first time that you're being introduced to us, then this is your perfect opportunity to jump over to PrimalAlchemy.co.uk straight after this and check out our Vitruvian Protein. So Vitruvian Protein is our flagship organic whey protein superfood powder. It's the only health supplement in the world to be certified organic, keto and paleo accredited. I source all the ingredients myself. I've formulated the product myself and I really did make it to be what I believe pound for pound G-O-A-T of the health supplement world. It's got adaptogenic herbs, nootropic herbs, prebiotics, other high vibrational superfoods that I feel will take your shit to the next level physically, mentally and spiritually. So check it out if you're not in the market for protein. Then catch our ancestral potential coaching programs. This is your opportunity to be able to work with me one on one. Depending on what you're looking for, are you looking to get in shape? Then check out our demigod fitness programs. If you're looking for a nutrition plan, then our quantum fuel nutrition programs are a good shout. I'll be able to teach you how we can utilize electrons and photons to power ourselves. Power our mitochondria to be able to increase its effectiveness, its efficiency of creating energy for you. Or maybe you want to join the enlightened biohacking one-to-one tutoring sessions with me. Then we can get deep into the esoteric shit, open up that third eye, get some DMT running through the system, and maybe connect to your god self in the process. But, hey, it's up to you guys. Remember, that's the code Red Pill, Red Pill, 10% off. Also, guys, I'm coming at you with another exclusive discount, and that's from my brother Josh at APE Nutrition. APE Nutrition creates the UK's only organic ketogenic protein bar. Uh, I know Josh personally. He's a good friend of mine. He sources all the ingredients himself, he slaves away for hours at end in his kitchen creating these products, and he is making them from his heart. So please, show him some love in return. If you go onto apenutrition.co.uk and use the code PRIMALAPE, you'll get 10% off anything within your shopping basket at the time of purchase. So yeah, make the most of it, guys. Alright, so, getting down to today's episode, we have Professor Brant Courtright on the show. Now, Brant is a clinical psychologist and professor of psychology at California Institute of Integral Studies. Quite the title indeed. Uh, I came across Brant's work through reading his book, The Neurogenesis, Diet and Lifestyle. Uh, I read this maybe four or five years ago, back when I was working on the cruise ships. When I had some time, I would just sit there in my little office, office in my office slash the gym, and just consume pages of his book. And it was really interesting for me. It was the first time I was introduced to the concept of neurogenesis, which is essentially the growth of the brain, growth of neuron brain cells and yeah ways in which we can add practices and protocols in our life through lifestyle choices and dietary choices to increase the rate of neurogenesis in the brain and also at the same time to limit cognitive decline through neurodegenerative um, factors and variables that are pretty much being bombarded with in today's life in most of our lifestyle choices, is going to have quite a detrimental neurodegenerative effect on our, uh, yeah, on our brains. Uh, this episode was actually really interesting because it was very surreal for me to be talking to Bran in the first place. Like to be reading his book a few years ago, to all of a sudden being able to talk to him one to one, and we discussed a lot of the topics that are in the book. We discussed. Literally what it says, the neurogenesis diet. So what's the best foods that we need to be consuming in order to really optimize our brains? What are some of the lifestyle choices that we can make? Are you following your path? Are you fulfilling your purpose? It's all important factors, guys. Factors that you wouldn't think would contribute to your brain health, but it do. And Brandt has the evidence to show it. So, yeah, let's uh, let's just jump on in. Hopefully you enjoy this one's again, guys. Drop me some, uh, drop me some feedback afterwards, and I hope you enjoy it. So as always, Morpheus, show these fools what's up. Let's get shit started.
1: You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit. Above, so below. What lies without resides within. Time for growth to begin. Mental, physical, and spiritual, we find balance with all three as we focus on totality, the whole, not the half. This is for those on the spiritual path, looking for the clues to the answers of life. But the truth ain't always nice, so leave your ego at the door, let your inner lion roar. And your spirit soar as we go deep down to the molecular level. Tap into the body with some yogic breath. Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test. Like the shamans of old, we use the nature to heal. With a little bit of DMT to reveal. This whole life journey is a little surreal. And your mind needs a leader, not a follower in life. Let your mind be the master and And you you pay a hefty price. price. This next 60 minutes is about self-mastery. It's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey. But we up to empower with this red piddle initiation hour. With this red pill initiation hour, brought to you by Prima Open Me. The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your
2: eyes to blind you from the truth.
0: Three, two, one, and oh shit guys, we're back. Sweet Odin. It's episode 38 of the Red Pill Initiation Hour, and as per usual, guys, this is becoming a bit of a trend, a bit of a uh, power phrase of mine now, but we really are in for a gem of an episode. Um, yeah, really, really cool one today, guys, really interesting. As always, I always try to get on people that I look up to and work that I value and hold in high regard, and today's episode's no no different than the rest. Uh, really solid guest, really interesting topic that we're gonna be covering and one that again it's just gonna piece it's gonna help you piece together the puzzle I'm trying to create for you here. You guys may depending on if you're new to this podcast, depending if it's you're an avid listener of this, really this podcast is one piece of the puzzle of the picture I'm trying to create in your mind of the philosophy I'm trying to deliver to you guys and yeah, it everything's connected. So hopefully you enjoy this one and hopefully you value it just as much as I do. And today's guest is someone that, like I said just a minute ago, I really do value his work. Um, his book was integral to my development of the Primal Alchemy brand in learning everything there. Well, learning a lot when it comes to the topic of neurogenesis in terms of really optimizing our brain and what the brain is, what it's about. And how uh, how important it is, not just in our physical life, but also in our spiritual life as well. Uh, so a lot of esoteric shit that we're probably going to be covering today as well. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it. So let's get on with it. Let's jump on in, jump into the deep end. So today's guest is Mr. Brant Cortright. He is a PhD. He's a clinical psychologist, professor at the California Institute of Integral Studies. Hope I got that one right. Did I get that one right, Brant? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, son. Oh, my brain's not working too bad, is it, Brant? It's like I'm learning some of your protocols and putting it to work. I remember these things. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump in. So I just want to give a massive welcome to, yeah, Brant Courtright himself.
2: Brant. Yeah, Brandt. thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you. And like I just mentioned to you just a minute ago before we started, it is an honor to have you on. And it really does mean the world to me being able to talk to people of your st- stature, like it's... So like I said, like I, I remember when I was working on a cruise ship as a personal trainer and the days were long and I would sit there and I would just would just read and consume material and I stumbled across yourself on a, another podcast. I think it may have been like maybe Dave Aspreys back in the day. And I was like, man, I was like, yo, Brad knows what's up. I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to check him out. And then I got his got your book, read through that and literally got through that within like two, three days. And started integrating a lot of the stuff, a lot of the information that's, um, that's in it. And that become almost a foundation of my own sort of philosophy that I build around physical, mental and spiritual optimization. And yeah, I've just for everyone who's not familiar with your work and what you're about, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of a rundown of who you are, your, your background, how you come to be, who you are today. And yeah, just give us a little bit of a taster and then we we're, uh, we're really flow from there.
2: Sure. Well, I'm a psychology professor at the California Institute of Integral Studies here in San Francisco and I've been teaching for a few decades and have been interested in human transformation, human potential, human possibilities for pretty much my whole career. I'm a psychologist. I have a private practice here as well. And um, I've been the last decade or so particularly focused on the brain And the possibilities for really enhancing, optimizing, um, giving us really the best brain possible. Because the quality of our life is really determined by the quality of our brain. And there are so many neurotoxins in our environment on so many levels physical neurotoxins, emotional neurotoxins, mental neurotoxins, spiritual neurotoxins, that the quality of our brains has degraded. And so the book is really an attempt to find an optimal sort of peak brain performance. And key to that is this process of neurogenesis, which is the process of the brain making new brain cells. So that's what got me interested in this. Realizing that I've been teaching in the field of um, neuroscience for some time, and there's a lot of new discoveries that almost nobody knows about that are really helpful for enhancing brain function. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Nice. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's just jump straight into it, then. I mean, if we um, if we're looking into neurogenesis itself, I know that one of the one of the points that you make in your book that although it's a balance of the neurogenesis factors, but also the ability to limit the neurodegenerative, um, factors as well. So if we just start on the, actually let's, let's go through how to limit neurodegenerative factors first, and then we can move on to the neurogenesis as something. So we've got a little bit of a, the light side afterwards. Uh, so yeah, what's the, um, what's the sort of main things that we're looking to avoid uh, contact with? It can be, you can, we can hit it, hit this from multiple angles. You can talk about the, whatever it is that we're going to eat, whatever it is that in what we drink, what we breathe. Uh, we can talk about, like you said, spiritual toxicity as well. Um, we can, yeah, whatever, whatever angle you want to take this at brand. It's uh, I'm happy to uh, really explore
2: what you feel would be most valuable to discuss. Okay, good. That's right, it's a two-pronged strategy. We want to avoid things that degrade brain function, and we want to do more things that enhance brain function. And let me just say this one other thing about neurogenesis first. When they first discovered that the brain does make new brain cells throughout our entire lifetime, a discovery that they made less than 20 years ago, in the late 1990s, They didn't know the significance of it at first. And then they began to realize, actually, that the rate of neurogenesis, the rate at which your brain makes new brain cells, has a huge impact on the quality of your life. So a low rate of neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, which means your brain is, you know, people think of the brain as a computer. That's not a good metaphor because a computer is a static, dead thing. The brain is this living, moving, it's almost like a slow-moving amoeba. It's always in motion. It's every new experience, every new sensory experience, learning things, it all changes the brain. And if the brain is slow and sluggish, as various kinds of neurotoxins produce this kind of an effect and the rate of neurogenesis slows and neuroplasticity slows, we get things like anxiety, stress, depression, cognitive decline. But when the brain is alive, and the rate of neurogenesis can be increased at least five times for most people. When we have a, a brain that is living, growing, moving rapidly, when it has a high rate of neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, Then we get cognitive enhancement, we get rapid learning, rapid problem-solving, and we get robust emotional resilience and protection against stress, anxiety, depression. So the state of our brain, the the quality of the rate and quality of neurogenesis and neuroplasticity have have a huge impact on our quality of life. So, some of the things that slow down neurogenesis and neuroplasticity are there are a lot of physical factors in this. Um, Smog, for example, if you live in a smoggy environment, um, that slows down your rate of neurogenesis. Actually, the very small particles, the two micron particles, micrometer particles, and below, actually enter the lungs, enter the bloodstream, and actually cross the blood-brain barrier where they act like little wrecking balls in the brain, just sort of smashing into neurons and creating inflammation and slowing down neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Um, pesticides in our food also have a neurodegenerative effect. Um, <clears throat> One pesticide in particular is particularly popular in the United States and China and India and Brazil. It's less used in the, the EU, but it is used there. And that's something called glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, it's the main ingredient in Roundup. And what glyphosate does is, first of all, it's an antibiotic. And so it begins to wipe out your microbiome which we know is not a good thing, right? We want a lot of microbial diversity there. Most people in the West have about 10,000 different strains of bacteria in their gut. Indigenous populations have 20,000 or 30,000 strains. In the West, 10,000 strains or as low as 1,000 strains, 500 strains. This is terrible for the immune system because 80% 80% of our immune system comes from our gut and the microbes in our gut. And so any kind of ecosystem where there's a lot of diversity is good and robust. If there's not much diversity, it's not good for the ecosystem. Also, what glyphosate does is it opens up what's called the tight junctions of the intestines. So the tight junctions are these semi-permeable membranes that lets in the good nutrients and keeps out toxins and other kinds of poisons, things that aren't helpful. But what happens when we do glyphosate is that those tight junctions open up. And so the body lets in all kinds of toxins, which which the body then has to create inflammation in order to get rid of. Now, when the tight junctions of the intestines open up, the tight junctions of the blood-brain barrier also open up. Mm -hmm. So when we get leaky gut like this, we also get leaky brain. So toxins start coming into the brain as well. Again, we get inflammation. And inflammation, which is behind most major diseases, um, heart disease, cancers, diabetes, And in the brain, uh, cognitive decline, dementias, Alzheimer's, those involve a lot of inflammation. We want to keep inflammation very, very low in the brain and in the body. Um, So, those are two things which are huge. And in the United States, 93% of Americans have measurable amounts of glyphosate. And in some parts, like the Midwest, certain parts of the South, certain parts of the agricultural areas of California. It's in the dust. It's in the rainwater. It's like you can't get away from it. Um, And so there are, we we could go on and on here. We could spend the entire program really focusing on different kinds of neurotoxins. Mercury is a huge one. Um, People eat too much uh, fish that is higher in the fish food chain. And as they do that, they get more and more mercury. Mercury is, I think, the second most potent neurotoxin known. I think plutonium is the only one that is more potent than mercury. Um, So if you're going to eat fish, it's good to eat things that are low on the food chain and wild caught, if possible. Um, Let's see. Um, So there are physical stresses that, that assault the body and degrade brain function. There are emotional neurotoxins, stress being probably the biggest one. Chronic stress slows neurogenesis to a crawl. Um, there are mental neurotoxins, watching too much TV, consuming too much media just passively, Produces cognitive, measurable cognitive decline. If you're watching more than three hours of TV a day, it's not good for your cognitive functioning. Um, There are spiritual neurotoxins, um, a lack of meaning, a kind of existential void that many people have, produce a kind of existential angst, existential anxiety, a kind of emptiness, which also slows this process of synaptogenesis and neurogenesis. Um, So the book, which is called The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle, is really a holistic approach to optimizing brain function. And again, the first one is just, we need to stop doing things that slow down our Um, Rate of neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. You know, another part of diet is a high carbohydrate diet, a diet high in sugar or even just regular carbohydrates also slows neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. The brain, the body evolved over hundreds of millions of years on a high fat, very low carbohydrate diet. Carbohydrates are pretty, difficult to find in the wild. Maybe a little bit of fruit towards the end of summer to fatten up a little bit through the winter in climates like that. Um, Mostly we survived, we evolved, our ancestors evolved through eating large amounts of fiber and fat and a moderate amount of protein. And that seems to be the best diet for the brain as well. High amounts of carbohydrate. Actually, you can slow your rate of neurogenesis in two with a high-sugar diet. That That's pretty amazing. When you think about many children's breakfast, what it consists of is sugared cereal, orange juice. Um, essentially, it's like low, good fats, medium, bad fats, and high amounts of sugar and carbohydrate. You can't grow a good brain like that. You, you can't. You need, if you're going to build a high-end house, you need to have good quality high-end materials to build it with. You don't use rotting wood or decaying wood. You get good high-quality lumber. And it's the same with the brain. To build a good brain, both in childhood and in adulthood, Because the brain is always under construction. Even in adulthood, we're constantly remodeling, reconstructing, renewing, regenerating the brain. And we need to have good high-quality materials to do that, meaning a lot of good high-quality fat, moderate protein, and low carbohydrate, not a lot of carbohydrate. Um, Let me... Pause. I'm I'm going on on here. How how, how you Yeah, doing?
0: that's that's fine. It just it's uh literally just taking in everything you said, and yeah, it it makes perfect sense. And you guys, just to touch base on everything you were saying, Bran, you guys really do have like an epidemic over in the states in terms of one the heavy influence on the monocropping of wheat. So the wheat because of that, you've then got all the glyphosate that's sprayed on it, and you that's like that's like a double whammy because you're ingesting. Wheat-based um, food into your diet, and then the wheat's gonna have wheat germaglutinin, and as soon as you have that wheat germaglutinin, that's gonna that's a lectin that's gonna then kick off reactions in the body. You're gonna get like um, gliadin and zonulin, and that's gonna start having those effects of what you're saying with those tight junctions. They open up, and then you start getting leaky gut, leaky brain, and then these substances attach to the myelin sheaths, and then they really they they stop um, any sort of brain derived neurotropic growth factor um from there and it's like you're giving yourself a mild form of brain damage from consuming this let alone that's just the wheat that's not then with the glyphosate on top of it and monsanto's recently been like they literally just lost a court case it was um some uh janitor at a high school i believe and he got cancer and he blamed it on the glyphosate exposure and he won and so that's quite a major um a major turn of events because normally Monsanto's got their hands and tentacles within so many different um departments within the government, within the legal system, that they've they've managed to avoid um being made accountable for this for these crimes, crimes against humanity for a long time and now they've finally been called out on it. So it's I mean, is are we gonna see a change anytime soon? not on a global scale. No, it's more so on having this information at hand so you can make it on an individual level. And yeah, I think, I think it, it all ties in so nicely of everything you said, because if you're, not, if you're doing a high-fat, low-carb diet, then you're not going to be touching the foods that are contaminated with the pesticide, with glyphosate. And then, like you said, there's so many other factors involved. Like when you said like the lifestyle factors, such as stress finding your purpose in life. If you find your purpose in life and you're actively living your purpose, you're following your bliss, then yeah, you're going to run into stressful situations, but those stressful situations are more beneficial for you than chronic stress that you get from not having meaning, not having, not having purpose in your life. And it's one that it's, Pretty much, the it can be diagnosed as pretty much the most prevalent um, issue within the world. Like, there's so many people that are walking that are walking down the streets. Pretty much, 99 percent of people that aren't living their life uh, purpose. They're not. They haven't found their meaning, and because of that, they're in a constant state of flight or fight, uh, fight or flight. And yeah, that's going to start to have an effect as well. And like you were saying, there's so many other variables that are included from the food we eat life, um, lifestyle as well. One of the other things I'd like uh, just to jump on with, Bran, is what's your opinion on fluoride?
2: Um, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought not. A, a toxin. And unfortunately in the United States, most states require it to be put in the water. So you've got to really get a good fluoride filter to get it out of the water. Mm. Um, I guess it produces calcification in the pineal gland. Not a good thing. Um,
0: yeah, there's um, what just out of interest, Brandt, is have you got any suggestions on um, like you said then, with the water filters in order to get the fluoride out? Is that something that you actively do? Do you have a special source of water that you trust? Um, anything that you would advise anyone who's listening to try out?
2: Um, I don't have any particular product that I would recommend. I have a spe- <clears throat> specific water filter that <clears throat> does take out fluoride, but I've got to change it every months, and it's fairly expensive. But there are other less expensive ones around. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's that I a mean, reverse osmosis. The aden um, that you mentioned, which is is great. That's right. It's not just glyphosate; it's also wheat, and wheat is all over the world right? Most communities in the world, or many communities in the world, um, wheat is a staple. And there's a protein that you mentioned in wheat called gliadin, which you're right, opens up. Is that how to pronounce it? Is it gliadin? What? Is it gliadin? I've been saying
0: gliadin for so long. I sound like a fucking idiot. Is that how I'm going to be saying it? Gliadin? gliadin. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great.
0: Well, at least you saved me on that one, Brant. I'm going to fucking keep myself noted in the head. Gliadin. Jesus, the amount of times that I've been saying gliadin for so long, no one called mm-hmm. me out on it. Good. Thanks for that, Brant. I've learned something. Um,
2: just one other thing about um, diet. I think we should probably just touch in on this because this is probably – excuse me, the single most important thing we can do in order to increase brain function, to reach really peak brain performance. Probably, it, it turns out there's probably 30 to 50 different nutrients that dramatically increase the rate of neurogenesis and neuroplasticity in the brain. One of these, the most important of these is Omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil. Mm -hmm. Um, Christine Thuray at uh, the University of London increased the rate of neurogenesis 40% just by adding omega-3s to the diet. And of the omega-3s, you know, there are three omega-3s. There's ALA, EPA, and DHA. And of these, the most important is DHA. Because DHA is the fundamental building block of the brain. We talked about how 60% of the brain was fat. Of that, a half, about a half of that is DHA. DHA is the fundamental building block that creates new brain cells. But we need to have a diet that is high in DHA. So most people need a gram or two a day of DHA. We also want EPA. ALA, we don't need to worry about that. That's almost useless. Um, And it doesn't convert to EPA or DHA very well, which is why flax oil is not a good source of omega-3s.
0: Yeah, that's a solid point.
2: But EPA is a very powerful anti-inflammatory. And so that's a good thing to have. We want that in the brain. So most people, I think, need a ratio of about 50 to 50, 50%. EPA fifty percent DHA in their fish oil supplement, um, and it, if you're doing a fish oil supplement, it's also important to get one that is molecularly distilled, so it doesn't have mercury in it. Otherwise, you're going to get concentrated bits of mercury there. And if you're doing a vegetarian form of of omega three, you need to do the algae form of DHA. Um, I think that your DHA levels. And most people need three or four grams a day. Um, So that, I think, is hugely important. They did a study where they raised a group of monkeys on a low omega-3 diet, and they raised another group of monkeys on a high omega-3 diet. And they looked at their brains. And the brains on the low omega-3 diet were very simple, undifferentiated brains. But the monkeys of those who had had a high omega-3 diet had very complex, richly differentiated brains, almost like humans. Um, It is the single most important thing we can do for our brains, I think, is to make sure we're getting enough omega-3 every day. Um, And then there's some other supplements that are really important for increasing neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Um, One of these are blueberries. Blueberries are one of the most amazing things for increasing uh, neurogenesis. Um, Another one is hesperidin. So when we make new brain cells, the body is pretty good. The brain is pretty good at pruning new brain cells that aren't immediately used. So about half of new brain cells that are produced tend to die off pretty quickly, unless we do other things. So one of those is hesperidin. Hesperidin keeps new brain cells alive. So hesperidin is a bioflavonoid that we get from citrus fruits. And the usual form of hesperidin, which is available as a 500 milligram supplement, is not very well absorbed. But there's a form of it called methyl chalcone, which is very easily absorbed. I think it's like eight times more easily absorbed than regular um, hesperidin. So, one thing I think it's important for everybody to take concerned with brain health is the methyl chalcone form of hesperidin um, day, once daily or twice daily. And then another Two other really good things are green tea extract. Um, The EGCG in green tea has a very powerful neurogenic effect. It increases both neurogenesis and synaptogenesis, which is neuroplasticity. Um, And curcumin, um, turmeric, but essentially curcumin, the, the most active ingredient in turmeric also has a very powerful anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and neurogenic effect. Um, You probably know this, um, and probably many of your listeners do too. Curcumin by itself is not very well absorbed, and so it often needs to be done with either a pepper extract called piperine or with phospholipids, such as an egg yolk, Um, Or micronized, like really, really tiny particles. And then that can increase the absorption by anywhere from 10 times to 100 times, depending on the method used. Um, And the book goes into about 30 different things that increase our rate of neurogenesis that I think are really helpful for people to take. So I think of there being like four pillars to this diet the first part is neurogenic doing um, nutrients that increase the rate of neurogenesis and synaptogenesis. And the other three are low carb, um, anti-inflammatory, excuse me, (coughs) Um, and antioxidant. So, to have a low-carbohydrate, high-good-fat diet is clearly important. Um, for many years, I'm sure you and many of your listeners know this, we were told that you needed to have a high-carbohydrate, low-fat diet. Now they realize that's exactly what is causing this epidemic, <laughs> obesity and diabetes and heart disease and everything else. Um, It's not that fats cause heart disease. It's that oxidized fats cause heart disease and high sugar, high carbohydrate as well. Um, So we need to do good fats, good healthy fats, meaning non-oxidized fats, which means staying away from vegetable cooking oils, even olive oil, better not to cook with because it has such a low smoke point, oxidizes quickly. and to cook with things like coconut oil, butter, lard, ghee, um, and an anti-inflammatory diet, meaning low in like fried foods. You know, when you eat deep fried foods, that oxidized, those oxidized oils, oxidized fats, get into your bloodstream and they produce inflammation. And that is directly related to atherosclerosis and heart disease. Um, We need to be taking in good fats, not unhealthy oxidized fats. Um, And and antioxidants, eating lots of fruits, vegetables. Um, We need lots and lots of fiber. We want a gut-friendly diet, right? We want to be feeding and increasing the diversity of our microbiome of the healthy bacteria in our intestines. And that means eating a diet that's high in fiber, just like our ancestors did some of the, it's hard to tell what our ancestors ate, but from what they've been able to tell in terms of looking at the remnants of um, areas where they cooked, looking at um, Petrified poop, looking at other things from thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of years ago, they think that um, our ancestors ate probably at least 100, maybe 150 fiber every day. That's a lot of fiber. That um, is a lot of fiber. Fuck. It's, it's way more than most people eat. But that produces, it's like that is good food for our microbiome. That's what our microbiome needs really to survive and thrive and diversify
0: where would they get so much fiber from
2: well roots plants i mean they were just eating what was growing and yeah. when you eat that way you take in a lot of fiber
0: yeah it's again when it's it's such a completely different diet it's uh, it's not even like they're just when they're just consuming roots plants whatever's around them it's the fact that they're eating it straight from the bush itself. And when it's straight from the bush itself, it's still got life force energy in it. It's got the bio photons that you're consuming straight away. And obviously those bio photons are going to have effect on the mitochondria the cell. Like there's eating live food is so undervalued and underappreciated in the health, fitness, nutrition world. It's very misunderstood. And I think it's something that that's probably going to be the next sort of, um, leap in understanding of the next level of nutrition oh it's hard though it's hard because normal people if you're living in the city where it's you can't just walk down the street and pick up pick off a bush and and eat fresh from that i mean with all the geoengineering that's going on as well the toxins in the air like it's uh, the plants the fruit the vegetables that grow today aren't the same as they used to be so you have to be very specific and very aware if you're going to be doing something like that but just to pick up on some of the points you made prior brand um i'm very interested in dha like that's something that's a massive um concern of mine in terms of like getting enough dha in um i know that a real good source of it is if you if you consume oysters oysters are a solid um a real real good source of it but, right there's this mm-hmm. thing that <sighs> within the sort of community that i like to associate like kind of like communicate around mm-hmm. there is this big sort of it's, it's a growing a growing um uprising against dha there yeah. yeah yeah exactly brand that's what i'm thinking it's um right. there's people that are saying that puffers again you can you can categorize puffers in multiple ways you can look at the the omega-6 the omega-3s the oxidized versions like you're saying but they're saying that DHA in particular that it causes um, lipofuscin on yellow fat disease and that DHA is the is the reason that we're getting all of these oxidative um, reactions in the body because it's, as soon as you're taking it in, it's reacting with the, with oxygen and it's, uh, oxidizing. And there's, there's a big, like there's a lot of people with some pretty big followings that are, Mm -hmm. that are saying this jumping on this bandwagon and really shitting on DHA. And it's, it's, it's making things hard for people because DHA is such an important, um, molecule to have in your system it's so integral for like you said like brain development for for a lot for a lot of things it's important for being able to have it in your eyes so you absorb photons from the sun that converts it into a dc current and that's what's going to sort of charge you up charge your brain up there's all of these things that um dha is important for but there is a growing concern amongst um a certain group of individuals within the alternative health industry that um yeah are really starting to pick up a bit of um a bit of a following with what they've got to say and it's wow. it's dangerous it's dangerous information to be putting out there do you reckon?
2: Yeah, that I've never heard of this, so this is interesting to hear. Yeah, um, it does seem. You know, sometimes a little bit of knowledge can be worse than than no knowledge. Yeah, um, it is. It, it's true that DHA and the omega threes can oxidize and so it's important to get your omega-3s from a good source and for sure. often have it in a capsule and a, a packaging that's dark and that's kept in cool air because it can oxidize it's true some omega-3 supplements um, turn rancid if you're not careful if you expose them to light and heat if you keep them cool and in the dark They should be fine, particularly if you're getting them molecularly distilled. But um, this seems not good to me. Um, Yeah,
0: it's it's not
2: good. It comes from many different sources, right? That's kind of like debris, um, aging debris. Um, So it's such a fundamental brain nutrient that... I would think the last thing anybody in the world would want to do is limit their DHA. They just want to make sure they have a good high quality DHA.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I, I've, I just wanted someone like you just to really stamp that shit out is like, cause I, I don't think that enough people are aware of this grow. It's and I, when I say growing, I mean like a lot of people are starting to buy into this. There mm-hmm. is, they're starting to demonize DHA Omega three saying that the same as, I've discussed this prior on another episode as well. So just as you've got like the Ansel Key studies, which was the mm-hmm. study to really shit on fats and saturated fats and really cause the whole sugar revolution, there the the proponents of this DHA demonization, they they say that there were studies by, I believe, Bohr, something someone Bohr B O E R Boer Bohr, or something, and it was a it was a study that was um put forth which then skewed the results to favor DHA and then there all these twenty thousand studies that have been done on omega-3 fatty acids are pretty much bullshit because of that. And yeah, it's it, it trust it sounds fucking ridiculous, yeah. but this if you if you're if you pay attention to the to the fringe um the fringe health community, which can be very, can be quite the rabbit hole within itself Mm -hmm. Um, that it's, it's a growing trend. Um, It's,
2: it's It's amazing um, because there is is. so much evidence. I mean, there are like, there are literally thousands of studies showing that people have higher omega three levels in their brains, have lower rates of cognitive decline, lower rates of depression, lower rates of anxiety just on every cognitive scale you can think of they do better and people who have low rates of omega-3 have higher rates of alzheimer higher rates of dementia i mean it it just like it's like the, the board so huge at this point that you know the other thing is that science doesn't proceed in a straight unbroken line it's a kind of it 's up and down and up and down, and the general trend goes up, so often there are some confounding studies where something needs isn 't quite right, and the science needs to advance further to see, well, what is this? sort of like you know the, the old fat studies. It turns out they, they never differentiated between oxidized fat and non oxidized fat, mm-hmm. and so fat itself became demonized. And now we're looking at the different types of fat. That certain types of fat are really great for you, and certain types are really not good for you. Um, and so, I would imagine if there's some studies out there, it's part of this. You can't disregard this entire trajectory of research. Yeah, there is a lot here. You can't just dismiss. Yeah. So okay, I'll I'll check that out. I'll see what is going on
0: with it for sure just check it out because it it is really picking up a trend and like and like you just said it's like with everything and you can look at this from every aspect of life is that you're always going to have outliers there's always going to be outliers in in science within human beings within the animal kingdom the plant kingdom and then all you need then is just someone who's got a voice that's got a bit of confirmation bias that they can attach themselves to the outliers to the results and use that as proof support what they're trying the agenda whatever it is that they're trying to trying to prove and this is just something that yeah i i'm making a point to bring this up to people that i have on the podcast because i want to make i don't know if they're aware of it but i want to make them aware of it that there's there's shit that's being talked about these really important like life defining life life saving life changing uh Com, um, nutrients that are critical for health, critical for optimization, and people are going to start to get the wrong idea. And people are already confused. People are already kind of like, "Fuck, what do I do? If i Do I eat, do I eat high protein, mild carb Do I eat high carb, mild protein, low fat? Do I eat high fat?" And everyone, there's everything just up in the air at the moment. And there's so many like authoritative voices saying one thing, another thing. Am I vegan? Am I carnivore? Am I ketogenic? Um, there's so so many, and it's I'm just trying to get some, it's just some solid ground for someone to just to kind of build off some solid foundation. And it's, yeah, I just, that's why I really wanted you on just to talk about this uh, neurogenesis program so that people can have like some form of solidity in just something to go off, something to work off for themselves. And uh, another thing, just, just keeping an eye on time, Brian, right? we got about, 10 more minutes before I know you've got to shoot and I'd like to cover some of the more sort of esoteric uh parts of this program because it yeah. plays an equal part and one of the points yeah. I always make to people is like the common saying is that like if you're in the like I'm from the health and fitness industry it's like if you're at the gym and all you do is train upper body it's like oh you're skipping leg day bro like that's the big saying that you all you do is you want the show off muscles you want to look big yeah. up top and down low you've got nothing but uh, to really sort of broaden that um, analogy is that if all you're doing is taking care of your physical health, you're missing the other side of the coin, which is your non-physical, which is your spiritual health. And the spiritual health just has just as much to play in terms of this um, yeah. pursuit of neurogenesis as than does all the physical dietary lifestyle shit as well. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind going into some of that stuff for the last sort of 10 minutes, I think that would be great to finish on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, good. So the brain grows from two directions, the physical side and the psychological side, right? We are psychophysical beings. And by psycho, I also mean psychospiritual, right? Because we are, psychology is ultimately a psychospiritual endeavor um, because our deepest identity is that according to all the world's spiritual traditions. So yeah, just as the brain grows, it can also be toxified either physically or psychologically or psycho So we've talked a bit about the physical side. The psycho-spiritual side, meaning our emotions, our mind, and our spirit, our soul, this also has a huge impact on brain health, on neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, and on peak brain performance. So, there are a number of emotional factors that increase neurogenesis. One of them is love. (laughs) This seems like kind of obvious, but it's nice to have laboratory research that confirms it. Loving, supportive relationships and feeling safe, the brain just flowers in that. The opposite of that, feeling chronically angry or anxious or depressed, or stressed, or lonely, slows neurogenesis way down, neuroplasticity way down. It's the same with mental stimulation. Not getting mental stimulation slows neurogenesis way, way down. There's two times in life when there's a measurable cognitive decline for most people. One is right after graduating from college, and the other is right after retiring. Unless after graduating or retiring, the person then uses their mind in some way. And by using their mind, I mean not just doing crossword puzzles, which is good for learning more crossword puzzles, but it doesn't really generalize to the rest of the brain. It means lifelong learning, that we need to be committed to just learning new things, and that increases neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Learning, like just listening to this podcast right now is increasing people's rate of neurogenesis. It, it's good for your brain. It's good for your mind to be increasing neurogenesis and learning new things. Um, and the other thing is spiritual practice. There's, there's, excuse me. <laughs> um, there's two types of spiritual practice that... <clears throat> have a pretty dramatic increase on increasing neurogenesis in the brain along the entire length of the hippocampus. So the hippocampus is this structure that is responsible for processing new memories. And half of this structure goes into the cognitive side of the brain and half of it goes into emotion regulation, particularly the regulation of anxiety and depression, as well as the body and uh, uh, physical-spatial relations. So the hippocampus, as neurogenesis increases, sometimes it just increases along one side or the other of this um, crescent moon-shaped structure. So sometimes it just increases along the emotional side, like antidepressants increase neurogenesis along the emotional side, which is why they work. Sometimes it just increases along the cognitive side. But certain things, like certain meditation practices, increase neurogenesis along the entire length of the hippocampus. Mm. So the two main practices are mindfulness practices and heart-opening practices. So mindfulness practices, there's many different varieties. Um, Many of them start out by focusing on the breath just tuning into your breath. Some of them focus on other senses. Some practices focus on just general awareness, just open awareness, whatever you're aware of. Simply be observing it, noticing it, letting it arise, letting it pass away. All mindfulness practices try to bring us into the here and now, they bring us into this very present moment. And so by whatever strategy you're using, whether you're using a concentration practice, like focusing on the breath, or whether you're using an open awareness practice that is simply aware of whatever arises, mm. these have a powerful effect on the brain and neurogenesis. And the other set of practices are heart-opening practices. These can be compassion practices. These can be practices of loving-kindness. Practice of devotion. Um, <laughs> You're a wanted man, Brant. i'm so sorry. I didn't think the phone was... Okay, I should have paid attention to that. <laughs> um, so these different devotional practices, um, devotional prayer, um, bhakti practices, heart-opening practices, these also work along the entire length of the hippocampus and have a profound effect on neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Mm. So one thing that's clear from the research is that when we use a holistic approach, meaning we stimulate the brain from every level, meaning body, heart, mind, spirit, these all work together synergistically. They work together much more effectively than if we just do one or two. So we want to really work with our whole human consciousness here. We want to optimize human consciousness. Not just the physical level, not just the emotional level, but the whole depth of who we are, which is a psycho-spiritual-physical being. Um, And so finding meaning, like you were talking about earlier in the beginning, is part of one's um, spiritual path. Really finding out, why am I on this earth? What is my soul's mission this lifetime? Most traditions talk about that. We incarnate for some purpose. We're, we're here to learn something, to do something, to create something, to contribute something. And if we don't really know what our soul's mission is, we're lost, as you say.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so it's really, it's all together. Body, heart, mind, spirit.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a solid explanation, and it's really what I was looking for when I was asking you. It's what I was hoping the answer would be, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's so it's so important to, like I said, just to understand both sides of the coin of the physical and non-physical, and then understand that we are the totality of the coin itself. And you've got you've got to you've got to do these practices, and loads of people just either aren't interested or they don't they don't find immediate results in these sort of practices so do they kind of just throw it over their shoulder into the bin and mm-hmm. it's something that it's a life like you said like lifelong debate. Devi- um you got to devote yourself it's a, it's it's lifelong you got this is something that you got you got to embody and it's got to be part of your day-to-day life these practices of just mind body soul optimization and when you do if you keep at it everything begins doors begin to open where there was only brick walls before and you begin to see life from a different through a different lens and from a different perspective and when your brain starts to operate the way that it's supposed to like people like i said most people are walking around with like mild form of brain damage they're just walking around completely oblivious to what the brain is supposed to work like how it's supposed to feel and in turn how their body is supposed to feel what it's supposed to feel like being connected to source being connected to something greater than yourself which in the ultimate reality is yourself is your true self and people were just asleep they're asleep to their true potential and um that's one of my purposes one of my like really why i'm i believe i'm here is in order to help people to teach people how to how to become the best version of themselves to connect with that higher self with that higher source and in return i want to be able to connect with people like yourself that have been walking the walk for a long time now and putting out the good messages and it, i feel i feel like it's one of those things where it's um the torch is being passed in that i'm learning for everything i can from you guys and i'm trying to pass it on to the next generation and just we're in we're in an interesting time period in here on planet earth and it's we're at a fork in the road in humanity and It's it's one of those where we can go either way, and we need people to be able to kind of just shine the light on the right path for people, and be like, guys, it doesn't have to be this doom and gloom world that in this fear-based reality we're conditioned and programmed to live in. It's like that's not how we're naturally supposed to live, and we need to we need to start respecting our ancestors and the way that they lived, and understand that our ancestors are essentially us in the future. Everything they had is what we're destined to. Have again, once we reconnect with nature, reconnect with natural law, and find ourselves in the process. And once we find ourselves, then everything will become much clearer. And then you don't need to listen to the authoritative figure. You don't need to listen to someone telling you that DHA is going to give you brain damage and causes lipofusking and fucks you up. You don't need to listen to those sort of people because the answers are clear. You know all the answers, they're inside of you. And you just need to do these practices to connect with that inner source, with that intuition and you begin to um you know you'll be able to your, your bullshit radar will increase tenfold and you'll be able to tell who's honest who who's talking with integrity with honor and who's talking with well not the right intentions behind their uh behind their words but i just wanted to say Brant, uh, a massive thank you for coming on today it really does mean the world to me for you to give me some of your time to be able to discuss this with you pick your brain a little bit and have a uh, have you be able to give your sort of um, work, your life, research into a, into a, a little a sound bite in order to give to my audience and help them with their own path, with their own journey? And yeah, uh, hopefully, guys, you've really enjoyed this one, and just want to say a big thank you to Brent.
2: Thank you, and and thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure. You're doing great work. Uh, keep yeah. it up.
0: Thank you, and that again. That means the world to me as well it's uh it's really what i'm in this for and to have people like yourself that I looked up to when I was reading your books and listening to all your podcasts and then have the chance to talk to you and then for you to give me a little pat on the shoulder it's uh yeah it's great it's uh great for motivation and just to keep me determined on this path that I feel like I'm destined to uh, walk and with that Brant, we're uh, we're tied this one up just one last thing if everyone that's enjoyed uh listening to you today and they want to they want to follow you they want to learn a little bit more about yourself have you got a website people can visit have you got any social media presence have you got you any presence on youtube any things that you would have your books of course whereabouts can people start if they want to sort of learn a little bit more about yourself
2: um i'm a bit of a uh social media read um recluse <laughs> <Rucluse>, yes <laughs> Wait, I'm um So I haven't done that, but I have a website, brand And I guess it would be the book, the neurogenesis diet lifestyle. i will go on Amazon or most yep. bookstore. Uh,
0: yeah. I'll throw, will throw all of that into the show notes as well. I'll put a link on the, uh, on the show notes with to the, to the amazon.com and.co.uk link for, for your book. And yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw your website on there as well. And yeah, hopefully, uh, people will people will really resonate with your message and give your book give your book a reading because it's just truly it's really worth it it's a great book and i thoroughly enjoyed it and i know plenty of other people are still to enjoy it moving on to the future so uh yeah in which case we're cool this one a night guys so that's going to be episode 38 Ooh, 38 fuck Every episode's uh, just get – we're getting closer, guys, getting closer to that big picture that I'm trying to paint for you. So uh, 38. All right, so episode 38, rolling out. Guys, as always, stay woke as fuck, and I'll catch you on the next episode.